to the Extra Pass podcast presented by Melbourne United. I'm your host, Ben Hopkins, joined as always by my co-host, Adam Ballinger. Balls, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good, getting over cold, but it's it's <laughs> wonderful to be back. This is our fifth episode, and Poor I'm, thing. Really, I'm looking to... We're looking to improve every day, so this is going to be our best Yeah, I'm, I'm calling it from the start. Well, very exciting, because joined by a man you're intimately familiar with um, from your playing days, uh, Melbourne United legend, uh, Chris Golding. Chris, how are you, mate? I'm great. Um, I'm a little concerned at my friend here. I'm thankful that he could come in and pull himself out of bed after this <laughs> horrific man flu. I'm talking about, you know, like when we played together, I never missed a day ever. No days off. Didn't matter if I was sick. Didn't uh, played through everything. So being here is, is nothing. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of I don't want to be. Don't call me a hero, <laughs> <laughs> but close. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, no, it's a uh, it's fantastic to have you here, Chris. It's been a, a busy off season for you. Obviously, you know had a bit of time playing in Paris, and then just went back over there for Paris Summer Jam. What was that like? Jump straight in, Ben. Jump straight in. Um, straight into the questions. Um, so we went back to K fifty four. Um, we took the Paran Summer Jam elite team over. Um, the first time that an Australian team has competed in in that event. Um, being really familiar with what's cool in the streetball world, balls. I'm sure you know about K54. I don't um, at all. I've never heard of this. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of this. So it's I'm learning too. It's essentially the biggest streetball tournament in the world, sponsored by Jordan Brand. Um, it's been going for 20 years, so it was their 20th anniversary. And to have an Australian team represent there was really big for the guys at Paran Summer Jam, um, big for Foot Locker Australia and Nike Australia Australia as well. So it was cool to be a part of that and sort of see what goes on at a streetball tournament because I haven't really played too much streetball in my time. Um, maybe in the, the back end of my career I'll do a little more. But, um, yeah, really quick trip, but great to get back to Paris and experience that city again. Yeah, ballsy a bit cut you didn't get an invite i mean chris is playing uh, surely they could have used a shooter no 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 i i cannot play competitive basketball anymore but yeah i didn't grow up in the streets i didn't <laughs> i wasn't much in the street ball i grew up uh on the side of barns and dirt roads mostly but and one was big do they still do all the and one moves like do they try to get that stuff in there anymore like the uh, there was bouncing off people's heads and nah, like not really uh, no it was it, it, was, it was pretty competitive the oh, team okay. that won it like they had guys that had played in the NBA that were on the French national team currently. Um, you know, guys that played in the Euro League. Um, so, yeah, it was it was pretty competitive basketball. And, yeah, the French team was pretty impressive. They, they, they won the final by, like, 30 points. So you went out there to play. Then you went back. You came home and went back? Yeah, man. Jeez, he's traveling. He's a traveling man. How was it when you were playing out there? I mean, you know – Coming at the end of a season, going straight out there and, and jumping onto another team and playing. How many months uh, in a row did you play? And was it, did you burn out a little bit by the end or was it, was it still fun? It was definitely fun. Um, I mean, we did our season, whatever that was, September, October through February this year. So it was, it was a really short season um, by Melbourne United standards, you know, we, we generally like to make playoffs and, and push as deep as we can in there. So to be finished on the 5th of February um, was something that we hadn't experienced in a long time. So it allowed, you know, a lot of us guys to explore the possibility of playing overseas. Um, and for me, 
um, I was lucky enough to go to Paris with Will Weaver, who was mm. um, an assistant coach with the Boomers for many years, many campaigns, um, coached Sydney for a year or two. Um, yeah, so that familiarity um, made it a really easy transition for me. Um, you know, I joke, you don't have to go in and prove to some crazy coach that you can play like oftentimes when you just rock up they know what you do and you just gotta go do that yeah Yeah, so oftentimes you rock up and it's like the first few practices is like does this guy even think i can play or whatever it was there was none of that will was super easy and just said come in do what you do and um, let the ball fly if it goes in we'll keep getting you more shots if it doesn't that's all good. We'll find someone else and <laughs> sit your ass on the bench. Um, so I ended up playing, I don't know, I want to say like maybe 15-ish minutes a game off the bench. Um, awesome to get back to European basketball. It had been a long time since I'd experienced it and um, had a very unsuccessful stint in Torino the last time I went, I think which was in 2016. So good to get back over there with a good group of guys um, and take a team from we were like bordering on relegation when I got there you know we had a pretty tough loss my first game and everyone was just like all right we just need to stay in the league yeah we need to stay in this league we don't care what else happens let's just not get relegated and then you know we build a couple of wins off that and the playoff picture becomes real um and you take that momentum for the last few games of the season got some good wins but ultimately came up one game short um eerily similar to what happened here at United. So um, overall, a great experience. Thankful to Will, thankful to Paris. Um, yeah, a, a lot of fun from the basketball standpoint, but the you know the personal standpoint as well. Being there with my wife and daughter in Paris for three months was um, such a cool experience that um, I think we'll, we'll always remember. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I did the same. I went over, kind of did the same thing to, to Israel, played on a team. It was the same thing. They were trying not to make relegation. Mm. <laughs> Got me over there, uh, which was a good move. Uh, <laughs> first month and a half was awesome. Second month and a half, I was so over it, burnout. They weren't paying us. Like, you know, it was just like, get me out of here. But you can't go. And I was just over there on my own. We we uh, finished second to last or last or whatever. So we still had to play in the play downs. Oh. So you still can't leave. The season's <laughs> over. You, you didn't make the playoffs, but you had to play the play downs. And we had a five-game series wow. against this team called Halon. So last versus second last five-game series. And it was it was all, it was was awful. And <laughs> it, we went five games, and we ended up losing the final game, oh, and they got relegated. So, so you got relegated. <laughs> well, not me personally. I got to leave. <laughs> well, not, you can't be the team. guy that they bring <laughs> in to not get relegated. We did well relegated. at the start. Anyways, if it you, was if that's devastating. You, that's they, were, they were devastated at the end of that game. Like, the coaches yeah. and the players no. were just so bummed out. But and they you, also didn't – they weren't paying us either. It was not would, a good environment. You were just like, see you later. Well, I was just like – yeah, I feel sorry for you guys. So what, they, just because they didn't here. pay, you didn't care about the team. I you didn't cared. Care about I your cared. I just wasn't care about the city. I cared. I cared about the city. Love that place. Uh, Israel what city was really it? Meshed. I forgot the city. <laughs> Google. But the, the team that we played was Halon, and we played there, and it was like you know, like the stereotypical fans up both sides. There was like a whole group of like teenage kids smoking with their shirts <laughs> off. One kid found out my name, and I was like, oh, because you're lonely over there. Like, it gets lonely. You're like, oh, somebody knows me here. And I turn around, and he's, Ballinger, Ballinger. And he turned around, he's got two fingers up. You can guess which two. And he just lets out a F you right to my face. And I turn back around, I'm like, oh, my God. That was rough. But, yeah, 
So if we Google Adam Ballinger, we can <laughs> yeah, find yeah, the team. What we else would we find if we Googled Adam Ballinger? Just a lot H- of stuff. Anything there's with like a, Hakeem Warwick. Like hundred. Oh yeah. <laughs> This, like we said, this isn't about me. This is about you. Uh, but I went. I, I was in the same situa- situation in in Italy. Brought in to avoid relegation. I think I averaged like one point four points per game. Yeah, you got it. If but you don't get shots, what are you supposed to do? We avoided relegation. Oh, so nice. that's all that matters. Nice. It's all good. Yeah. What are your thoughts on? Because obviously, not something we have in Australia and any of our big pro leagues. But the whole promotion relegation system, I love it. Like I think it's awesome just to you know reward. I guess reward teams that are doing well at the lower level, but also keep teams accountable. Yeah, I like it. I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very foreign to our thinking here. Mm. You know, um, oftentimes everyone wants everyone to be even and, um, you know, the big clubs and the small clubs, people don't believe in that. Everyone should be the same and everyone gets a fighting chance and it's all beautiful, which is which is great. But, you know, the reality is, like in Europe, there's, there's teams that will be fighting for the bottom mm. every single year because of budgetary constraints and there's teams that will be in the top every single year because of their budget. And that's just the reality of professional sports over there. So I like it. Um, the investment from not just the players, but the team, as Ball said, the you know the coaches, um, people are crying. When I was in Turin, they brought in the members and people from the club and we, we, we had to sit down <laughs> oh, and, and they would tell us their like yeah, yeah, sop yeah. stories about what would happen if we got relegated. Yeah. Oh my like, God. well, my business relies on <laughs> this and it's like, oh my God. You yeah, know? No, it's no. just such a completely yeah, different yeah. culture around their sport. So I like it, but I, I think it's pretty far-fetched to think that we could bring it in here. Yeah, I know. It would be... Yeah, just be. It's just a different thing. I also think it's it's more difficult to do, or it's a, a lot different when there's a salary cap in place because in, yeah. in a lot of those places there's no salary cap mm. and it's just if you got the budget you're on top. Yeah, and I think they just brought in. Well, they they just announced that they're going to bring in a salary cap for the French league, and everyone was just like, "This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of." So, um, you know, the big teams, Monaco, Asvel, mm. eventually. Um, we hope Paris will be one of those top tier teams. Um, yeah, I don't think they were too happy with the the salary cap announcement, but it's still a few years away. And I was speaking to some people, and they were just like, "It's not coming in. Like, <laughs> that's not happening." Mm. Well, we'll uh, we're going to take a quick break, uh, listen to some ads, and then uh, get into a little bit about this team closer to home. A bit bit about the team we all love, Melbourne United, and we'll be right back after this break. Want to stay up to date with everything happening in Melbourne United? Download the Melbourne United app today. Filled with videos, audio and articles about your favourite team. It's the one-stop shop for everything Melbourne United. Download the Melbourne United app via the App Store on iOS or the Google Play Store on Android. And we're back on the Extra Pass with Chris Golding. Hey, Ball's just loving it Talk to me about brainstorming Extra Pass. How did that come up? Uh, I was out of the office, but that's a good name. I was going to say, I haven't, I haven't seen you do an extra office. pass in a 20-year career. <laughs> I'm not, they'll I'll pay be me wide open <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> Contested mid-range jumper. Contested, it goes in. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I never said that. They Adam. don't pay me to pass. <laughs> they don't pay they me didn't pass. pay you at all in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> they did for a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, we went through a lot of names. There's Unsurprisingly, we've gotten into the podcast, lame, uh, podcast game a little bit late and... All the good names are taken. Yeah, it's a flooded market. I hadn't really, it's a flooded I hadn't really heard of too many people doing podcasts before <laughs> this. So no, hopefully well, this makes some waves. Ten years late. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're really looking to smash the marketplace. Um, yeah, but I want to get in a, a 
bit about, you know, the team that we're putting together. Obviously, guys have started filtering in um, who are playing overseas, playing in college, and the team's really sort of starting to get together here at Hoop City. Um, take us through a bit about what you've seen from this team and, and I guess your excitement as we really get stuck into preseason. Yeah. Um, there's been a slow trickle of new guys. I think uh, probably Tanner's been here the longest. Um fellow extra pass alum yeah we've had him on yeah. yeah he came in the change room complaining yeah, yeah well he was an early one <laughs> we were good then um so yeah tanner's probably been here the longest the last couple of weeks um flynn cameron's been in the gym kyle bowen came in um this week so yeah getting the new guys in and and, and just getting them in here to hoop city um making them feel a part of it and for the most part like super impressive and i i think that's um the route that the coaches and the front off of front office have gone down um you know especially this off season is um you know just getting impressive young men to come and be a part of our our team and our club and um yeah the competitive guys I've, I've noticed that we've been doing some stuff on court and super competitive um which we love and yeah I, i'm really impressed it's, it's i mean it's early days but you know you get guys that are coming straight out of college they're hungry it's a new challenge for them um the same with tanner you know a, a change of scenery um a few injuries the past couple years and i think he's really determined to just get out there and show what he can do at nbl level and um early days but we have a lot of confidence in him coming in and, and being a great contributor for us he's, he's playing really well he's shooting the ball really well at the moment in practice so we want to see that continue and I'm sure we'll see more of that um once the young guys keep trickling in and um yeah we just we just want a really solid competitive environment here when you come to work every day at Hoop City um you know let's go lock in let's compete for however long we're here and, and after that let's let's have a bit of fun joke around um but that on-court competitive part um you know we we really want to emphasize that and competing in the right way as well um it's all good to say you're a competitor and, and this and that but like let's go out there and compete the right way that you know we know that if it's done correctly is going to help us win games and, and i think we got guys that are coming into the club this year that um that, that really want to contribute to that. Yeah. Uh, how important is that as an existing guy, you know, who's who's been with the team, having new guys come in, how important is it that when they come in, like you said, that they're, they aren't timid and they are competing and, and they're really willing to give it a good crack because I can anticipate or I can imagine if someone comes in and maybe they could be a bit timid, a bit afraid to step on someone's toes or is that something you don't encounter much in a professional environment? It's something, as I've got older, it's something I've realised is very much on us as a club and the front office and the coaches and um, players that are considered leaders um, to make an environment where guys come in and can contribute and, and feel confident. You know, we always see guys, whether it be at NBL one level or college level, whatever it is, you see them as a certain type of player and oftentimes when that when they come into a professional environment, you don't see the same player. Um, so I think we want to be really conscious of the fact that, you know, we're getting guys that, that can really play and have proven that they can play a certain style um, 
and are going to fit our roles really well. We we need to foster an environment that they feel confident to come in and just bang from the get go, be the player that they know they are. There's nothing worse, and I've been in this situation where you know you f- you feel like you could be helping, you feel like you could be helping more, but you just don't have that confidence level or whatever it may be and you're just not producing the way that you feel you can. So for the most part, we, we really want to give guys a platform to come in and, and help and contribute and produce and um, try and get back to our winning ways. Yeah, absolutely. And one guy that I feel like I've noticed just watching some of the practices since he's been here, Flynn Cameron, that's been really impressive, really getting stuck into it. Um, obviously, you've got – you go – fair way back with him and, and his dad Gold Coast days I, I remember speaking to Flynn when he signed and he said he's got memories as a little kid running around on the court is that sort of surreal for you seeing you know this kid that was a little kid running around at practice now he's my teammate yeah yeah it was weird when he came <laughs> in the gym weird. like he's bigger than me <laughs> <laughs> he's throwing around big weights in the gym <laughs> and I'm like I'm, I'm starting to wheel through you know my ex-teammates kids like um yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's cool in a sense but it also it's um a little morbid you know like <laughs> <laughs> this could be over for me soon well, not morbid, um but yeah, but yeah he's been great and he's a competitor as i said again we, we we've trying to foster this competitive environment and he just came in from day one and just competed and just you know was was just trying to win and was getting stuck in defensively and you know, taking his shots and getting to the rim and just playing as a confident young kid should. Um, so, yeah, really excited to see how he um, progresses throughout his professional journey because, um, yeah, he's got all the tools. How, so how old is he? And how in Gold Coast, you were real young, right? How old were you in Gold Coast? 19, 20. Yeah, that's young. 21, yeah. Young. How old is he now? I think he's 40. He'd be like 20, 22. Yeah. I think he's 22. 22. So definitely different builds on YouTube than you were 19, 20. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, we've got different builds now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I mean, Flynn and Tobias, they, they, they would have been young. Maybe like, I'm guessing seven, eight, nine. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. you know, running around like we see, you know, um, Charlie Newley now, like he was... Th- those boys were like that when I was up at the Gold Coast, and um, yeah, it's it's weird, man, but it's it's cool at the same point, you know. Like it kind of um, makes me thankful about my career, while also, yeah, as I said before, knowing that it yeah. doesn't last forever. Age. But um, Age creeps up on let's you. see how many more, you know, of my ex teammates' kids I can I can end up being teammates with what are your boys doing they uh, ready 14 they're about to turn 14 and, and 11 so 14 you got so a little ways it's all right i'm, I'm not going hopefully anywhere. still stay around <laughs> get me get him in young well you're the first of balls's teammates that we've had on the show there's um, not many there's not many teammates left well even teammates well, or not or ones that are willing to talk no still, well yeah. I, well that we'd want on the, the pod it's it's exclusive like we said this is the fifth one is it, we're not going to just have everybody on here. Mm. Well, I just I, I need to hear some ball stories. I, I heard you guys were roommates at the Tigers, and obviously you, you went against each other, um, you know, a bit when you weren't teammates. I, I just need to hear some ball stories because it's all it's all well and good me just shooting you questions, but I think balls is an, a bit of an enigma on the podcast. Not not many people know about him, so 
Can you? Can well, you they hadn't heard about him. <laughs> heard of, heard of him? Yeah, they haven't, well, they haven't googled me. Yet. He's got a couple of really <laughs> big fans from um, Israel, but apart from that, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, yeah, they're probably like Division Four now. By now, I, I will say, balls. Um, you know, like one of the best shooters I've ever played with. Absolutely, I'll, I will give you your props there. He could shoot the ball like no joke. He could shoot the ball. Um, it's a big compliment. Yeah, it is coming from. One of the best shooters. I'll take that all day long. I mean, clip yeah. that. Uh, put that on video. <laughs> that needs to go on a video. And then like, can we just pin that, send that, pin that top of your Twitter? Yeah, I'll put that on my... So like I, I said, on my channels. I'm I feel like up. I was like late, mid to late 20s when we played together. Well, like it would have been about 10 years ago. Yeah, so I was 24, yes. 25. There was an age gap of about nine years, but... Uh, I'd say we hit it off. But I, I would say I was a better shooter than you oh, back then. No. <laughs> no, 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 I'm serious. I was a better <laughs> shooter than you back then. No, what then? What? I was a better shooter than you back then. From three? Just no, everything. not mid-range. No, no way. So for me to give you the props that like, you're <laughs> one of the best I've ever played with. It's not I, enough. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, he was a cool teammate, I guess. <laughs> like, always tried to hang out with the young guys. Um, used to try and get us to go play um baseball and oh, yeah, choose yeah. sunflower derby seeds and, like and yeah you don't yeah, try yeah. and hold home run derbies <laughs> boys would be juiced up ready to go maybe have a couple of beers, beers. no 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 it's we're not doing serious. that i've got the rules <laughs> we're playing i was just like okay let's go do something fun but um nah balls was cool we always used to go around to his dinner uh to his house for dinner him True, and bianca yeah. were really um welcoming of us young guys uh any stories he used to was he a snorer? He, no, he had pocket money. Like your thirty-five-year-old man with walking around money to go buy <laughs> comic books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On the road, he yeah. Buy so comics. on the road, yeah, he'd be so like, "All right, I'm going out to go buy some comic books." <laughs> what is going on here? But I appreciate you. I definitely yeah. appreciate you. We He's hit it a bit off. of enigma. I would consider Chris a good friend, but the problem is now this is getting kind of deep. Is after you retire, once you finish on a team, or even within the NBL, it's like. Once you're out of the club, you're out. Like, there's no way back in. It's kind of like when you graduate high school. Going back to high school isn't the same feeling anymore, or college or something like that. So once you leave, that life is totally different. Like, there's no reason if you're not on a team to be hanging out with another guy <laughs> in a bed on a Tuesday, you know, sitting there all day with nothing to do. You play that night. You're just hanging out all day. You're just sitting there watching, what, cricket on TV? Yeah. Just, just shooting the shit. And it's like after that, like you, you you know what's going to happen but you don't really realize how unique that is in life after you retire you think oh i'm probably not never going to do that again there's no reason to do that anymore yeah and like such a as roommates on the road you know you're in a room this big there's two beds one bathroom it's one like TV. yeah like you learn things and find <laughs> out things about a, a man that's 10 years older than <laughs> yeah, you that true. you shouldn't or you probably never no nah, i got some expect. questions for you later about that <laughs> that situation if you want to retract some of the things you used to say to me back then now that you're an older guy with kids yeah and probably <laughs> um was, was but good roommate i've had i've had some shockers he was a good roommate was there ever a battle being the one tv on you know someone wanted to watch something the other one wanted to watch the other thing no the only thing i remember he always used to like the bed near the desk you would always take the bed next to the desk you because the you to the window yeah because you would like to do your drawing yeah and yeah all your, and i all didn't that sort really of stuff. yeah that's when so i first started like, if the drawing. bed near the window was near the desk i was like oh this ain't good <laughs> for me so you're a bed near the window guy 
the f- I, I was the further away bed now. Now I room by myself because I don't need to be dealing with that. Do you really? Dude, yeah, that is big time. That's man. <laughs> NBL's come a long way. No one ever did that back when no, I was. No, yeah. one guy, Darnell Me, was the only guy Whoa. that ever did that. Jeez, yeah. that's huge. That's clout. Like that's. I didn't know you had it like that. Yeah, man. Dang, that's nice. <laughs> well, no more ju- roommates. You just no, we have roommates, but if like, if you want to just room by yourself, like it's on you, you just organize it. Huh, all right. There you go. Hmm. Learn something new every day. Yeah, you do. Dip into your walking around money. Yeah, no, exactly. Away <laughs> you go. Well, it means you can't buy a comic book. Yeah, yeah. What's your comic book uh, budget like? After that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to get into some of those questions that Balls wanted to ask you. So we're going to take one more quick break and then come back with Fast Five with Balls. Melbourne United memberships are on sale now. Lock in your seat for the most exciting show in Australian sport and guarantee you're there for every highlight across this next season. To find out more, go to membership.melbourneutd.com.au. And we're back on the Extra Pass presented by Melbourne United. It's time for everyone's favourite segment. It's Fast Five with Balls. You ready? This is Fast Five with Balls. Been waiting for this the whole time. Now we're on to the, uh, the fun stuff. Yeah, they're hard hitting, so I hope you're ready. Are you ready for these? Yeah, man. Okay. Like I said, we, we know each other, so I've got some questions, but they're not. I'm not trying to... It's not going to be too crazy. All right. What I've noticed now from watching practice every now and then from up above while I'm doing my work, if I can pull myself away from my desk every now and then, it's swamped usually. But <laughs> one thing has changed. A lot of players do it. But you do it every time. Why now do you practice even if it's hot out? You're in full sweatpants and, like, a hoodie and, like, doesn't that drive you nuts? Like, I don't know how anyone does that. And it's like everybody does it now. Um. It, no, it doesn't drive me nuts. Um, uh, for the most part, I'll, well, all the time, I'll pretty much wear tracksuit pants. Yeah. I which just is find that comfortable. Um, don't, don't they, by, by the end of it, wouldn't, don't you have sweat? Aren't they soaked with sweat or you don't sweat as much? Yeah, I sweat. But I mean, even if I was wearing shorts, they'd, they'd be sweaty. So yeah, but like it's hot. Like your sweat gets caught and like you got heavy material. I, I just don't know. And as a shooter... I would never like to, like, long sleeves and all that always bothered me. That's like, why just I said you were one like, of the be- yeah. best shooters <laughs> I played with. You got, like, three sweatshirts like that on come, just for the fun of it. Things like that. Is it too me. easy for you? And you're just uh, I, re- I don't really, like, unless it's really, like, a really cold Melbourne um, winter's day, I won't train in a hoodie. But, but yeah, I sweatpants, guess yeah, for sure. I'm just surprised, yeah, a lot of guys. So there's no reason other than it just feels bad. I, I'm just comfortable with it. That's how I like to train. Is that okay? I mean, it's okay. It just looks weird to me. But I know you're not. I know you're not. Well, I, I you mean, haven't asked me yet like, what you should wear for practice. <laughs> long baggy <laughs> shorts and like twenty year old yeah. Nikes. I only ever wore to me. shorts, tank, socks, and shoes. That's it. And tight. I never even put on skins. But that we're not. Like I said, we're not talking about me. This is not yeah, my but we podcast. Keep talking about you. All right, all right, all right. Here's the second one. Good answer. There's no reason why. Just for the fun of it, I guess. All right, you had a pretty unique pathway in the NBL, mm-hmm. right? Like you didn't, you weren't, you wouldn't say you were highly touted or anything like that. You just kind of snuck in. And I do recall, mm-hmm. is this true? Your first team was in Perth, is that right? Uh, my first team was the Brisbane Bullets, and then they uh, folded, 
and I went to Perth. And then you went to Perth. So you've been like young, and you. I remember you saying you lived with the coach and basically just skateboarded at the at the like the local skate ramp. <laughs> you were like a skate rat, just playing a little bit of basketball on the side. I just want to know, do you, when's the last time you skateboarded? No. And can could you ollie back then? Could you ollie? Of course. You could. I could never ollie no, ever. That is false. <laughs> no, that you're you said making that. things up. You I did not with live the with the coach. coach. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I may, I okay. When I first moved there, yeah, I'm saying, I stayed like, this with is, the coach for a yeah, week or a so. Bit, Connor okay. Henry, Connor Henry, yeah, yeah, shout yeah. out, shout out. Um, Played with Bird. We went. We went. Uh, his he had a son, Jacob, and he you used to skateboard a little skate bit. Bros. But I didn't take my skateboard to Perth so I just could skate his. around. You just borrowed his. Like, did he have two that. or? <laughs> No, skateboarding is cool. Did you Potentially have the worst question I've ever. This been is asked. a good. No, but people need to like people need to know like you did not. This, like the whole point of this. No, like, you, skate, you used to go to the true. skate. You used to be a skate rat. Or did, did you or did you not skate while you're in Perth? I don't know. Potentially, I stepped on <laughs> a skateboard a once thing. while I was. You've been in to Perth. my house before. We've skateboarded. I had a longboard. You, you skateboarded yeah, down yeah. the road a little bit, but. No, I just like your. So you coming into the NBL is way different. Like you weren't highly touted. You just kind of what you got on a team and just kind of you had to work your way through. Like just you got a chance here and a chance there, and you just made the most of it when you're on the court, right? Yeah, I think it was very opportunistic. Um, you know, I was towards the back end of my high school. I started making some representative teams, and I was involved in the um, Australian Under 19s team. Um, you know, guys like Patty Mills. Um, AJ Ogilvy, Daniel Johnson, you know, guys that have had, had pretty good careers. Um, so I wouldn't say I was unknown, but by that point I'd, I'd sort of started slowly, slowly progressing from when I wasn't making those teams to, you know, playing a little bit of ABA, which is now NBL one, you know, 11th, 12th man, someone got injured or sick there was an exodus before a road trip and yeah. they were like oh, <laughs> this guy got this, this skate, guy this skater kid yeah, here we'll take this he won't guy. leave foul trouble but then like it's like throw him <laughs> in like, oh, i gotta throw this guy in and but then, then you know hit a couple shots and, and then gold coast is where you kind of broke through a little bit right a little bit yeah like I, I was playing a little bit in perth um as a development player um so my first real regular minutes came when I was on the Gold Coast that, that first year there. Um, so I signed a three-year deal with the Gold Coast. Played played there. After that, um, they went broke. Yeah. It, it wasn't me. Just a trailer. It wasn't me doing trailer. all this, I promise yeah. you. Guys like Adam Gibson <laughs> followed him around, sent the clubs broke. Um, yeah, so – but really, really, I, I felt that my basketball kind of progressed the most and – took its biggest leaps when I came down to Melbourne. Yeah, but, but I, don't, I would say people that know you now and have seen you play in Melbourne wouldn't have assumed, like, you just kind of worked your way in. You know, you, you weren't on a whole bunch of, like, ones teams. and you Yeah, not a at all. Lot of, yeah. Not at all, yeah. But it, it was kind of cool. It kept me hungry. It kept me wanting to work. And, um, you know, who knows? You, you just make every team and it's you just get in everything when you're a kid or a, a youngster. Who knows what? you know, habits or what work I think you have at the back end of that. So I wouldn't change it. And you can, you could Ollie, you could Ollie on a, on a skateboard. Yes. Okay. See, he says he wasn't a skater, but he could do Ollie's. Okay. Thank you. That was second one. That was the second one of the fast five. Now question number three, 
uh, back then when we used to uh, talk and hang, you were a big foodie. You still mm. you still consider yourself a, a foodie? Yeah, yeah. Back then, you like your favorite meal was like a hamburger or a cheeseburger, wasn't it? You're yeah. a big cheeseburger hamburger. Yeah, I, I used to like going around and yeah, and you like, like knew and like where to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do yeah. you cook now, or are you more just still restaurants? Are you no, we very much cook. Um, you know, family life. We we don't get out as much as we used to. Um, eating. That's why you know, touching back on Paris, it was such a cool opportunity for us as a family. You know a couple of my passions away from basketball are food and wine and to sort of go to the epicenter of the world for, for those things in France was so cool. You know, we, we did things that, you know, we wouldn't do back here, you know, like we'd take our daughter out, you know, for dinner at nice restaurants and stay out a little later and, you yeah. know, her bless her, but her routine was just all out of whack because yeah, yeah, yeah. we kind of treated it as like yeah, a holiday yeah. as well. Kind of, yeah. Um, so yeah, but back in Melbourne, we're very much more regimented cooking. Um, yeah. So not as much eating out as, uh, we used to do, but still very much a passion. But you still know the spots, like the cool restaurant spots. spots. More, you're still uh, tapped into that. More than you. That you're way potentially, more than you. <laughs> But I, I would imagine there's like other a, foodies around. Grilled there. would be a big night <laughs> out for me. I'll what? tell you what is, the, <laughs> honestly... One of, if not the best burgers going around, is Easy's. Oh, Easy's. Yeah. Easy's is probably my favorite place to get a burger in it's Melbourne. It's amazing, phenomenal, and and like, just no frills. Just like, give me a good American style burger if I want it, and bang, Jimmy nice. and and the boys at Easy's get it done. Where's Easy's? It's in Collingwood. Collingwood, nice. It's, up, it's a old train carriages on top of a building. Mm. It's awesome. It's up like That's six flights cool. of stairs. <laughs> I, might, I might have to get there. Bring the family. <laughs> I'll try. Yeah, yeah. We have to bring the all extra of pass all podcast sponsored well, by. Let's Easy's. do a live. We could do a live. Let's do a live. Oh, live. live. Yeah. We might have to get you back for that. Yeah, that'll be my next. Your art meal ticket. You right got to get you. Okay, we're talking about shooting now. This is a question you probably can't answer honestly, but I'd say with shooters, I'm talking about elite shooters like around the world. Shooting is something that, like, it's there's a one percent to it that you can't explain so like why so somebody else that has taken the same amount of reps as you i mean you've worked on it tirelessly but there are other guys around the world and girls who work on their craft tirelessly and they just aren't that level of shooting like there's a, there's a, that one percent that you cannot like you can't teach it it's just there mm. in my opinion and i i think that you're like you're one of those type of shooters it, what I know that you can't like you can't answer like what's that one percent you know like, t- true shooters are kind of like I've heard a lot of people say like they're kind of weirdos <laughs> like there's something different about them something different in their head but what I guess for people listening is it kind of a dumb question but something people ask what goes through your head when you're shooting like nothing right yeah. or yeah it's or sometimes there's something going through it but you, for the most part like nothing you want to be like completely like zen like at peace when yeah so even if like in the lead up to the shot you have thoughts or whatever it may be the 0.5 0.6 whatever it is of a second or maybe a, a little longer from start to finish um yeah it's nothing um it's kind of like blank and quiet yeah. and yeah um, i've had people ask me that a lot like what do you think of when you're shooting the ball i'm like oh. Yeah, you just kind of got to yeah, trust it. It just the happens. Ball. Like, like there's like you, there's like some faith that once you let it go, because you just have faith in the ball. Like people say like you're you're aiming it, like which sounds like you should aim the ball at the rim, but you don't necessarily. No, um, 
but it's weird. Like, I mean, so much of it, maybe it's, yeah, as you said, 99% of it is repetition and work. And like, I'm someone that it, it seems really mundane to just shoot the ball and it goes in. And then it, if it comes back, just like to continuously do th- that for however many minutes or whatever it is on end, but that, and, and it's, it will sound stupid because people will be like, well, doing that, that, that would never be boring. You know, like you're making shots. It's awesome. Oh, so some yeah. people could just yeah. sit there and be like, well, this is, could get boring. But even like the mundaneness of just the same ball going up and in nonstop for however many times in a row, I quite enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I'm lucky in the fact that, yeah, I don't get bored with shooting. Yeah. No, and I, the repetition. Yeah, that's a good point. Like it always feels good no matter what to have, see the ball go through the hoop. Yeah. It's always a good feeling. Yeah. Even if you accidentally kicked it in. <laughs> it's like, oh, that was great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I, I truly think there's like the 1% of you can't teach. Like some people have it, some people don't. And uh, it's just like a, I don't know. I, it's like you can't explain it. But I think the best way to put it is like nothing's going through your head. Mm. Like you, you put the work in, you know you're a great shooter. Like. You just don't think about it. You just, yeah, for that split second, the ball's in your hands and out. It's a good feeling. Yeah, and, I, and I've seen you out there on the gun, Ben, at Hoop City. Oh, yeah, I've tried to teach Ben a few Yeah, it doesn't, too. it's not going have, in like I don't think you don't have the 1%. <laughs> <but no. laughs> but even at 99%, keep trying. at least I'm trying. get to 99, <laughs> you're still going to be a great shooter. Yeah. But. Um, well, I mean, great fast five. Yeah, that was good, right? That, that was good five. I would, I mean, yeah, I think I'd the say it's a five. There. I wouldn't say it's a fast <laughs> Well, that's the ironic part. I think people out there are just going to be, this this episode is just going to go crazy. Well, before we let you go, Chris, there's just one last thing I want to ask you. I don't know if you heard in episode one, we talked a bit about your 50-point game. Mm. And Adam Ballinger here claims that the only reason you got Not 50 Not the only reason. I just need some credit. Screen yeah. assists and extra <laughs> passes from him. Can you confirm <laughs> is that what you said? Yeah, just like flare screens, down oh, screens. Yeah. For sure. Magnetizing, like the defense was mm, really looking at me no, for a while. That one, incorrect. <laughs> um, I'm passes. sure there would have been some like really good screens in there for sure. But it's funny, like I remember, I don't know, there was like, I think I led the league in scoring that year. So there was games where I'd had like big amounts of points at halftime or whatever it was. No big deal. And almost every time balls would come in and be like, you got to get 50. <laughs> be like, you know, like effort, get 40, get 50. Like if I, I had 25 yeah, at halftime, he was like, you part. better get like, 50. I was like, I was the one who told him to get 50 and then you did. But I think it happened on more than one. It was almost yeah, like well. whenever I had a big half, he would just be like, you got to get 50. <laughs> like, well, we, we got to win, but yeah, cool. If I can get 50 as well. Now, when you're high, you're high. You, gotta, you don't know when that's coming back. Oh, fantastic. Well, look, thanks so much, Chris, for, for coming on the episode. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, tune in next time to all the fans out there for the next episode of The Extra Pass coming out next week. Thanks a lot, Chris.